Hello and welcome to the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast, brought to you by Swan Bitcoin, the best way to buy and learn about Bitcoin. I am your host, Alex Danzig. We're excited to announce that we are bringing the Cafe Bitcoin Conversation Twitter Spaces to you on this show, the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast, Monday through Friday, every week. Join us as we speak to guests like Max Kaiser, Lynn Alden, Thomas Strolight, Corey Clipston, and many others from the Bitcoin space. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button to make sure you get notifications when we launch a new episode, or you can join us live on Twitter Spaces, Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, every morning and become part of the conversation yourself. Thank you again. We look forward to giving you the best Bitcoin content daily here on the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast. Yeah, this is something sometimes I wonder about the Bitcoin space. Like, you know, I parallel sometimes with like my experience with punk rock growing up and like just that whole scene, like punk rock, not to get off topic too far, but real quick. I mean, punk rock, for those who don't know, it is kind of like a proof of work network. Like, you know, there's a lot of posers that came into the punk rock scene and they would just like, you know, throw things together that they saw or heard, but there was no real rhyme or reason. They'd cut their hair, but they wouldn't really understand why. And then they'd go to the shows. But there was like the real hardcore OGs who had like been in the scene for a while and like had helped build the scene in their local communities. And then, you know, it's like they're kind of like that original like OG message of like what the punkers were originally trying to do. And then you fast forward and you get like interest, corporate interest. MTV started hitting up yeah, North. Everything effects. changes, right? Everything changes. Sorry to interrupt you, Ant, but wanted to uh, throw a shout out to Tyler Lindholm. First time he's been in the space. According to his bio, he's the state policy director for U.S. Senator Lummis. So, Tyler, I'm going to throw you an invite. If you want to come up and chat with us, you're welcome to. No obligation to do so. You can just hang out, listen in. He's probably wondering why he popped into this room and we're talking about punk rock bands. Well, I mean, it ties into the fact that at some point, um, you know, you, you get a, you, you get like enough interest from from people to where they're trying to get like the OG bands or the OG people to be subverted to, to like their cause. And there was even a whole like position that this band No Effects took where on the back of one of their albums, they released it and they had this whole note to like MTV, like, leave us alone. We're not going to do your videos. Like, forget it, you know? Well, wouldn't you know it, suddenly Blink-182 and Good Charlotte started hitting the the airwaves pretty heavily. And it was like, you know, this thing, it's like almost like they couldn't have no effects. So they went and like kind of made their own system, their own like kind of punkers. Then you have like a hot topic appears and that truly was like the death of everything. And then now, I mean, the whole thing has been corrupted and And it's like a mockery of itself. And I worry about that sometimes with, you know, the different various communities and the mindsets in Bitcoin and, you know, just like different forces coming in and trying to redefine things. And next thing you know, bands like like Green Day or 182 are are regarded as like OG punkers. It's it's an interesting parallel. Maybe I only feel it. But as a a rookie in the space, I definitely see it. I mean, people's minds change, right? It's just from my perspective, seeing the OGers, like you guys have dealt with way more FUD than I can possibly imagine. And I have the benefit of being like 
okay, I see what they've gone through. I need to be careful and pay attention so that I don't get burned myself. And I that like that that kept me safe in my early days when I was shitcoining because I was like, I always like I tried to evaluate everything, look for proof of work, look for all the good things that I saw in Bitcoin because you know everybody wanted a little bit more so they could buy some more Bitcoin. And having learned those lessons from people who went through it, like I I kept my mouth shut and I I just listened. So I could absorb it first so I could understand it before I even tried to speak, especially in these spaces, because you step up and you say the wrong thing, you get squashed. Like, and if you don't, you kind of get a little bit of courage and hopefully you're saying the right thing and, and you're, you're speaking the truth, right? You hope to be, but you're still nervous. And, and it's, it's a, it's an interesting journey to go on having these, these OGers who've been through it, they know the path. And they're trying to they're trying to allow you to walk it, but at the same time, like they'll still squash you if, if it comes to it. And I I'm just happy to see that a lot of that has stayed true. Like you you don't see a lot of OG like the OGers that step out of place they get squashed. Like it's everybody's free game. If you screw up, you get called out. So I I think it's an interesting aspect in Bitcoin where. If somebody does go that corporate kind of sellout route, there's a thousand, a hundred thousand people that are gonna call them out to protect. Yeah, but what about yeah. Max? Max was here this week, right? He was on last week, sorry, and, and him and his wife had got caught up in that whole Suncoin thing. And mm-hmm. a lot of people disagreed with that. And you know, it doesn't seem like a lot of people have, have well, put that on yeah. blast. Maybe Max, we Max should. Is a good story. You'd say, look, yeah, Mac. I mean, hell, he started. I think he was going to do Max Coin as before. I, yeah, I didn't yeah, start yeah. But, but listen, he, 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 he pulled himself out of the fire, man. Okay, he pulled. He, he redeemed himself in the eyes of the Bitcoiners. The big thing most of the time is, is just to admit yeah. you're wrong, admit That's you're wrong, and move on. I, yeah, and take to your point. You want to talk about about um, how tough these cyber horns are, as they always say. Look at the guy that started Proof of Keys. And gave us the mayor multiple is gone. All right. We canceled Trace Meyer. I mean, personally, it may have been a rug pull on his part to get out. But yeah, that guy, you show one coin like Mimble Wimble, this community is on you. Um, you most of you guys remember, you know, Breedlove. Breedlove was on the Pantheon, you know, Pantheon yeah. of the Gods. And then you, then you, then what you, you say one thing. No, we lost you there. We lost you, Doug. He's right, though. Basically, what he's saying is cyber hornets are pretty vicious. Like, you, you step out of line and you start shitcoining, and the cyber hornets swarm on you and sting you to death. And not many can recover from that. Well, you know, another, another I'll take the right. I just want to share one quick thing. I, we were talking oh, earlier about politicians, and I think that's another thing that's going to be interesting, right? I think a lot of these politicians will s- certainly know that they should say Bitcoin, but they, We'll also talk about cryptocurrencies and probably feel like they have to be more inclusive. That's going to be a interesting interaction, right? With well, it's, it's interesting. It's, let's, it's let's, actually, let's. I'm sorry to interrupt you. This is- talk about that, Bill, because the person who brought it up is an out, like, out and out racist. And I see Dennis Porter keep like promoting this bill, and it's it's not by somebody we want to align ourselves with. They're using us. We should not yeah. be this person. 
this is what I want. This is what I was going to say. So it's it's turning into a controversial to topic, right? And this is partially for Tyler in the audience. The game theory of Bitcoin is is that we were talking about this a little earlier before uh, everybody else hopped in here. Is, is that the game theory of Bitcoin is, is that over time, individual players will start to realize that it's a superior money. Full stop. And, and number one, it's not going away. Number two, you can't stop it. Number three, it's just better. Like if you actually do the research, any intelligent person who I'm aware of who does the research, does the heavy lifting, and you can't avoid it. That's the problem. People think like, I'm just going to hang around with some Bitcoin guys and then I'll understand it. That's not true. That's not the way it works. I mean, you could do shows like this. You could do spaces like this. You can do podcasts. These are all super valuable because over time, yeah, you will learn, but you've got to spend those hours, I guess is my point. You can't go to one cocktail party and be like, yeah, I understand Bitcoin. It crosses multiple disciplines. It crosses economics. It crosses geopolitics. It crosses monetary history. It crosses monetary theory. It crosses behavioral science. So many of these things are important to understand. You can't be a master of everything. So because of that, it's got a pretty, in some ways, steep learning curve. And there's no way to really get it without doing the, what I call the hard work. So what does that mean? Well. And as far as politicians who are becoming aware of it, it means that we as Bitcoiners realize that politicians are busy people. They don't always have, you know, Bitcoiners sit around and they'll study Bitcoin all day, every day. I do. I, almost every Bitcoiner I know does, you know. There are guys that are managing multi-billion dollar funds who I know personally who tell me in back channels and, and on the phone and in DMs, like, all I think about is Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm managing this multi-billion dollar fiat currency fund. And, you know, I took 20 or 30 years to build this thing. And it's a, it's a goddamn flagship. And I don't want to give it up. But I can't stop thinking about Bitcoin. I'm listening to Bitcoin podcasts while I'm doing my work all day. So I guess where I'm going with that is, is that the game theory is, is that eventually everybody is going to get on board. It is our opinion, and I mean, it's just an opinion. I think I, I speak for others in the space as well, that eventually every politician is going to say they love Bitcoin. But whether they actually understand it and whether they're consistent in protecting it, that is the question. And we need to stop just blindly jumping on the bandwagon of every politician who says, yeah, I'm pro-Bitcoin. We need to know for a fact what they are and vet them properly. We've seen a for lot sure. of that already in South America, right? We've seen after um, the El Salvador stuff took off, we saw different, different politicians in Brazil and other places using these as platforms. Uh, here in Canada, we saw the first uh, politician here in Alberta, actually, uh, leveraging Bitcoin as a platform, uh, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, she's certainly a front runner in that idea. But I, I just got to say before I pass it off, this whole politics thing is so silly to me. I know it's relevant for taxable purposes, but there's lots of different ways you can approach Bitcoin right now with proper taxation structures that are going to protect you and insulate you from most of this volatility, I think. Um, there's always going to be people on either sides of that argument in government. There's always going to be people using it as a signal rather than actually making practical changes. Um, I, I think it, it, all around the world, politicians are fighting over differences and similar similarities, all related to Bitcoin. Um, so I, I think as individuals, 
it's a big fucking waste of our time. And I know it's important to some people, but I think it's such a waste of time. I think the politics of Bitcoin is so silly. Bitcoin don't care. Bitcoin Honey Badger never cared. Uh, if the politics mattered, they would have stopped it when it was the Silk Road stuff. They would have stopped it when it's being used to skirt sanctions. They would have stopped it when it was affecting the petrodollar. Uh, you know, Bitcoin Honey Badger just don't care. So it's fun. But if you must, if you must focus on politics, focus on local politics. It will have far more effect and it will be better for your mental health. If you must give yep. money away, give so to, to causes that you can see around you. That will enable your community to be better and allow that wealth to spread to neighboring communities. Um, and if you must give your time, give your time locally uh, to individuals. And I think that that will benefit both you and the people in your community around you the most. You know, we, we get too far caught up in these politics and the COVID stuff. You know, all these Canadians are so worried about this, um, this truck convoy going into Ottawa. And you know what I'm doing? I'm stacking sats and I'm going for another bike ride. I think that's a, a far better use of my time. It's such a good point. And, you know, it's cool because uh, uh, I see you have Shane Hazel up on, on stage. Shane, uh, good to see you again. I just met him the other day, man. He came to our space and, uh, yeah, former Marine, man. And um, he's a, you know, budding politician there in Georgia. I'm sure he can talk to that experience. Yeah, anything that would come out of, uh, aside from uh, uh, the federal level with Loomis and perhaps Cruz that have been positive about about Bitcoin, uh, to me, is still bottom up, man. It's a grassroots thing. It starts with individuals. It's going to start at cities first, cities and state. Um, it's not. It's not something I'm going to, you know, for, I'm not going to devote my whole time to it as far as getting politicians elected. But that's where it's going to come from first, man. It's the cities, okay? It's the states that are are really losing money and beholden to the federal government. And the federal government's owned by the bankers. You, you, they don't want Bitcoin. But these these little places, the little people, that's where it's going to start. And once one city sees the other city having success, maybe they'll adopt it. It'll be interesting to watch. There's nothing. I'm not really political in that manner. Um, but yeah, hey Shane, you want to tell your story real quick? Yeah, I, I won't tell my whole story or anything. But I, just in the purpose of uh, time here, with Tyler up here as well. Uh, Tyler is a guy I consider a friend. He's got a pretty similar background. Um, and what the senator he works for advises has said about him uh, in terms of the Bitcoin space is, is absolutely awesome. So I'm not going to ruin it for him, but uh, I, I definitely can't wait to have Tyler come up here and talk a little bit. But to you guys' point, you know, uh, acting locally, moving locally and doing all that thing uh, stuff is absolutely, um, you know, where it's at, I think, for, you know, 99.9 .9 of the population. In terms of you know education, serving, you name it, just the entire gambit of uh, where you need to be focused. There is you know some nuance to this. Obviously, there are, you know if, if you've done some things or you have a larger following and you can manipulate larger politicians or politics or whatever at a state or a federal level. Uh, Tyler's one of those guys. Um, you know, I'm doing it here in Georgia. It's it behooves us and it actually gives us a bigger, uh, bigger leverage tool to go in locally after being at a national or a, a state level and using that on local sheriffs, local mayors um, and, and using our platform, our, our base uh, to, to really push a maybe a kind of 
like an insurgent type of county or city, you know, that starts to lead the way with a great mayor who's got, you know, four years or whatever left on the books. Like this is a great way if you do have a following, you do have a platform to go in and actually affect change. You can you can do a lot of stuff, like I said, at higher levels um, to gain notoriety, but to use that at the local level where you can bring a ton of people uh, to bear at a at a single focal point. That's where you're going to make a lot of, uh, you know, real impressions and, you know, done it here in North Georgia and Cherokee County. And I'm here's the other I'm going to shill for Cherokee County. I'm trying to build a county that's built on liberty and that is ground up uh, from uh, the currency we're using. So if anybody's looking to move and you're looking at maybe the south somewhere, uh, I would definitely invite you if you like mountains, you like the outdoors and all that kind of stuff. Cherokee County, Georgia. Uh, we, I'd love to have more people up here for that, but I hope Tyler will get up here and talk. Hey, can you guys hear me? All right. We can. Perfect. Loud and clear, man. Welcome Tyler. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. I, uh, (laughs) wasn't going to say anything and got a little triggered by, uh, um, actually a fellow Canadian. Um, so I was originally born in Canada. Um, but uh, that, that relationship didn't work out between my mother and father. And my mother was an American. And she absconded back to liberty. And so <laughs> here I am in the U.S. But uh, um, I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity um, talking about um, these opportunities that local, um, local governments and states have. And you're absolutely spot on. That's where the action is going to shake out. Um, it is important to remember, though, that most localities... Um, our political subdivisions of, of their state, um, whereas that is not the case um, with the state and the federal government. I know from an, uh, you know from the outside looking in, it can, can kind of look like that, but the, the, a state definitely has a lot of a lot of room to stretch its legs, um, and and that's what we were able to effectively do in the state of Wyoming. I served in the Wyoming House of Representatives for six years, um, climbed my way up to majority whip. Um, before Senator Lummis um, decided to headhunt me as her as her state policy director, and it, while while we were in there at that time, um, we passed over twenty four pieces of legislation, and one or two of them dealt with tax. Um, the tax aspect is an important part of it. Absolutely correct. And in the state of Wyoming, um, it's completely exempted. Um, digital assets, aka Bitcoin, are one hundred percent exempt. Uh, but there are many other applications to take into consideration, um, such as uh, security law to make sure that securities are not going to be applied to um, to Bitcoin, and, you know, commodity laws and up and down the line. There's a lot there. Qualified custodianship, bailment, all of those things. Um, and all of those, all of those things need to be taken into consideration. If you're if you're really looking at liberty and you're really looking at moving the needle for liberty, um, you you have to take into consideration some of the older tricks that have been used by uh, some of the big banks in the past that have separated people from their money. And so in this case, this is an asset. So you've got to take into consideration what you've got to kind of skate to where the puck's going to be. Right. And if the puck's going to, you know, going to be in the hands of big bankers or it possibly could, boy, you better protect ahead of time. And so. Uh, the state of Wyoming did all those things, and now Senator Lamas is absolutely, um, I'm biased when I say this, but she's absolutely killing it out there. Um, she's saying the right things. She does the right things, and she is 
100 percent a maximalist. Um, that's not to say that she's going to uh, go out there and advocate to make other things illegal. Uh, you know, that's antithetical to the uh, to this whole space and how we all got here. Um, the reality of the situation is we have uh, responsibility for our own actions and and call each other out. I mean, you guys talked about that, and I thought that was a that was a great talk about how we got to hold each, each other accountable. But by God, don't, let's not let government be our moral compass here. <laughs> that's like, that's dangerous ground. Um, but Senator Lummis has got a, a piece of legislation coming out here in the next couple of weeks. We're hopeful that she'll be releasing it with a with a co-sponsor. Um, that's it's it's pretty fire. There's there's a lot there. It's about 170 pages of normalizing. Um, normalizing Bitcoin. And so providing that opportunity um, in the U.S., the U.S. can once again move back into um, its role as kind of a financial powerhouse. And Senator Lamas's ideal um, way of doing that is by getting the hell out of your way. And so Senator Lamas has been a, um, she's, she's put a lot of work in this bad boy. So I'm excited for everybody to see it. Wait, when is that going to be introduced again, Tyler? Probably looking at a couple of weeks left. We wanted it. Uh, Senator Lomas originally wanted it uh, before kind of as a Christmas present, but uh, it's still working through the process. It's 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 a big bite. It covers everything up and down the line, um, everything you could probably dip your toe in. Um, Senator Lomas has taken into consideration. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, to include taxation, of course, uh, de minimis exemptions, those types of things um, that are important. So, Tyler, we really appreciate all the work you guys are doing over there. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of Bitcoiners take the stance that it doesn't really matter so much what politicians do. Bitcoin's going to do what it does. And in some ways, that's true. But um, we do need people who are pro-Bitcoin, in my opinion, who are up there helping to, if at the minimum, um, block and tackle so there's no interference with Bitcoin's progression moving forward. So thank you for that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think that's absolutely spot on. Give, give you guys my background on Bitcoin. I, I first learned of Bitcoin from the Ron Paul forums uh, back in 2012 and became more involved in 2013. Um, so I, I, I know I'm an ex-politician working for a politician, but I promise I'm not a punk. <laughs> all good. All good. So I wanted to real quickly, uh, Shane, I see you got your hand up. We'll let you go here in a second, but just wanted to, uh, you guys can probably already see we got Bitcoin magazine up here co-hosting. As we mentioned last week, we're going to be moving forward with a collab with those guys. Super excited for that. Amazing things to come. So CK is on the uh, Bitcoin magazine handle right now. All right, Shane Rockman, what do you got? Hey, Tyler, had a quick question for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, and I know, you know, Alex already mentioned, you know, one of the goals here a lot is to, you know, talk to the folks that are really new. So, you know, in the, over the last couple of days, it's been obviously very heavily pushed on Twitter that Arizona is looking to make Bitcoin legal tender. Um, you know, Don Huffines, a candidate for governor in Texas is saying that he will introduce legislation to make 
Bitcoin Legal Tinder. I think all of those things are great for awareness and adoption. I'm just curious from your perspective, though, the um, practicality of that or, or if, 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 if that's really even possible at a state level. Yeah, that's that's a super good question. Um, <laughs> I do think, uh, boy, that's, you know, we looked at that pretty hard in the state of Wyoming, we really, really did. And we tried to find, we spent an entire, oh, an, an entire summer delving through constitutional law and delving through um, if there was a hole. We didn't, at the, you know, at the time, we don't, we don't believe that there is a hole by which a state can um, define something other than gold and silver as legal tender. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying. Uh, but, you know, also, I think there are more serious consequences to, to Bitcoin out there currently right now uh, to move the needle. I, I guess I'm a, of the opinion. And uh, so when it comes down to supporting legislation um, and supporting, supporting what can, what can and, and will happen, I think the best thing we can do is, we, first of all, I, I, I think the most important thing that a state can do right now, right off the get uh, right off the get-go is to make sure that Bitcoin, um, aka digital assets, however you want to define it under law, is uh, considered personal property. Uh, that's one of Wyoming's biggest tricks. And a lot of people always question, well, why is that such a big trick? Well, the big trick of it is, is the Constitution is very clear um, and it is very quiet about uh, personal property. Personal property is the purview of the states, not the federal government. And so the state of Wyoming staked out early on, and it was the first one to stake out that personal property um, is Bitcoin and Bitcoin is personal property, uh, thereby thereby taking the reins from the federal government or attempting to. I'm sure it'll end up in a little bit of a kerfuffle in the coming years, but uh, it stakes out a much better position legally. And so I think the stronger play for states right now are to move down the road of legal legal clarification, um, ensuring property status is in place, um, going arm in arm. Uh, that's one man's opinion, though. I definitely can't speak on behalf of Senator Lummis um, in that in, in in that regard. Can I ask you one follow-on question? Since since both of these are kind of at the state level, I'm curious. You know, you, I don't and I don't hear much about it, but and maybe it's a, I don't hear much about. Um, the governor of Wyoming. I'm just curious your knowledge of his uh, support of, of Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. So his, his name's governor, Mark Gordon. Um, governor Gordon has uh, every, every bill that uh, me and my guys slid across the desk for him to sign that had anything to do with Bitcoin. He signed um, happily and readily did public uh, public signings with them did all the things. Um, he's kind of a quiet killer and uh, has been out there supporting from day one, right along with his predecessor, Governor Matt Mead, when uh, Governor Mead was in office. So Wyoming's really, you know, pretty teed up as far as movement. There's going to be some interesting piece of legislation that moved forward this year from Wyoming. I mean, they've, uh, they're obviously way ahead of the way in uh, the rest of the states as far as uh, normalization of, you know, of this entire space. So there's going to be some interesting stuff that's done um, in regards to, you know, criminal law, uh, those types of things, ensuring that people aren't getting caught up. Um, obviously, civil asset forfeiture is a problem. And uh, so they're going to be trying to skate to where the puck is on that scenario. OK, this is uh, great. Uh, Tyler, uh, good to see you on stage. Um, 
Alex, uh, thanks so much for the invite. So quick question, could you maybe talk uh, through the energy infrastructure in the state of Wyoming and any plans on moving it or some portion of it to Bitcoin mining? Sure. No, great question. And as, as, a, as a way of background, I spent uh, almost 13 years working for, Basin, uh, working for Basin Electric Power Cooperative, which is the largest generation and transmission outfit um, in probably six or seven states right here in the West. And uh, during that time, I got to know the grid pretty well. Now, granted, that's generation and transmission. So the smallest voltage I was working with was 230 kV. Um, so Wyoming exports right around 90% of its power um, that's produced. So 90% of the power that's pr produced is headed outside the state. Um, and there's a fairly wide uh, range of um, mix of assets within the state. Uh, why, what a lot of folks don't know about Wyoming is Wyoming's also the largest uh, producer and exporter of coal uh, in the United States. Um, we've got the cleanest coal in the state of or we got the cleanest coal in the United States as far as for the use of uh, power production. And they've been able to develop that technology quite a way so that the reduction in uh, noxious gases is pretty low at this point. Um, so there's a lot of power available. Um, the, biggest, the biggest hurdle um, that has yet to be faced, in fact, we even passed a law um, creating a tariff uh, specifically for mining. And uh, one of the major utilities down in Cheyenne has already adopted that. Um, and they're, they're competitive as far as pricing is concerned, three to four cents right around in there. Um, that's Black Hills Energy out of Cheyenne. Um, and then the rest, of the, the rest of the state of Wyoming, I mean, you've got uh, Lower Valley Energy over on the western side of the state. That's actually the cheapest utility in the United States. Um, they're primarily hydro. Um, the only caveat uh, with that scenario is that's over by Jackson. So the price of land is um, extraordinarily expensive uh, to move into that area. So yeah, you're kind of paying for, uh, it's a little bit of a trade-off in that scenario. The rest of the state is uh, mainly runs off of uh, gas, coal, a mix of solar and wind also, um, all right around I'd say there, everybody else is anywhere from four to five and a half cents right around in there um, to get in the door. Um, so competitive, uh, definitely not your lowest in the country um, as far as those entities are concerned. Uh, but Wyoming also has some other tricks up to the sleeves that nobody else really has. Um, there's no corporate income tax. There's no personal income tax. Um, there's also a uh, um, exemption on sales tax for all items coming into the state um, as far as what could be considered a data center as far as infrastructure and equipment is concerned. So if you've got a large purchase to make for your mining operation, you take delivery of it in the state of Wyoming, it's sales tax free. So there's, and then and there's a pile of other types of aspects. So if a guy puts his head down and, and gathers those deals up, I think it's probably um, more than competitive with the, than a lot of the rest of the state. And on top of that, folks want to see uh, energy consumed in the state of Wyoming uh, because that's actually local use at that point. And that's a benefit to the state. I think that's the, the big point to remember here. Although we'll have some stuff that's top down with Bitcoin, I think the majority of the stuff is going to evolve similar to the way the marijuana industry and legalization has evolved, where certain states will be adversarial with each other. Certain states will benefit greatly, like Colorado and all the taxation that went to those public schools. Um, and other states will ban it entirely and see capital flight and intellectual flight. Um, so it, it's really cool to see some of these states moving forward with these 
with these proactive legislations and taxations and subsidies. I think we're about to see a whole lot of that in places like Texas as well. We're certainly seeing tons here in Canada having ruled it as an asset. Um, you know, I think is uh, the, the industry has matured so much just in the last year alone. Uh, something I didn't see we would I think we would see for another ten years. It's been uh, it's been incredible to see all the uh, government involvement. The pace of change right now is pretty exciting. Like the the things that are happening in Bitcoin, like every day, you get uh, tons of new items where it used to be you would go for a while before anything amazing happened. But now, every single day, you can feel the momentum building. If it continues at this rate for the next 10 years, or continues to amplify up from what it did over the last year, um, I think we'll all be uh, on the moon sooner than later. So, Tyler, I know. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alex. Sorry. I'll go after you. Go ahead, Shane. No, I was just going to ask one more question of Tyler. I'm just curious how the. I know there's been a lot of progress or innovation in banking there in Wyoming, you know, um, with Bitcoin. I'm just curious if you have any updates on how that's going. Looks like he's a, a listener now. Oh, yeah, anymore. he is. You're right. He is. So I'm sorry, Alex. Yeah, go ahead. I honestly forgot what I was going to ask him. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if uh, Tyler is still here or not. He might have had to bounce, but uh, he's he's a listener right now, or it looks like now he's gone. So yeah, he did have probably have to bounce. That was cool though. That was cool having him in here for a short bit of time. I messaged him too and said, "Hey, you want to come up?" And he was like, "I can't right now." But then Shane started talking. He's like, "Oh God, I guess I got to get up here." <laughs> That's awesome. So um, our featured guest today is Publord. These guys run a show called Toxic Happy Hour. Um, him and is your co-host Anders? Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, Anders. He used to go by Danish Hoddle, but yeah, that's Anders, man. Right on, right on. And so thanks for, for popping in here. I know you're in from Africa right now on a somewhat questionable internet connection, so we appreciate your efforts, man. No, I'm, I'm home, man. I'm home. Cool. We're good here. I'll, I'll be back out to Africa in February. A little related oh, Bitcoin space drama that I thought was pretty cool. Um, some shenanigan makers tried to fork Publord's uh, toxic Bitcoin space. That's uh, right. And just like yeah. Bitcoin Cash, totally unacceptable. Uh, it, it died very quickly. And now their rooms have an average of eight users, uh, seven of which are <laughs> on stage. So it's been uh, incredibly pathetic to watch people try to rip you off Pub. I'm very happy to see them fail, just like those B Cash boys did. Yeah, thanks. I don't even know where to begin with that one. Um, yeah, you know, Anders, I, I met, um, and this is a cool backstory on how this community comes together or individual uh, journeys. <clears throat> I started in December 2017. Sorry if I'm boring. Half of you that have been to my rooms before um, <clears throat> at the top didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, at, the con at the time, Coinbase was listing four coins. You have Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, uh, Litecoin, and Ethereum. I had no idea what the hell the block wars were. I just I just heard this rumor: Bitcoin can't scale. Bitcoin is dead. Uh, you got to go to Bitcoin Cash, and yeah, it was confusing. 
So I understand how confused I'm thinking if there were four coins back then listed by Coinboys, Coinbase, I can only imagine how confused people are coming in today. You come in here, there's like 9,000 coins, and everyone just says, oh, yeah, do your own research. What the hell do you mean do your own research, man? There's 9,000 coins. What I mean, what, you just throw, you just throw a dart and, and, and pick what coin you think is going to explode? Uh, so, yeah, it was confusing back then. We didn't have spaces. Uh, you you had, you know, your your main podcast at the time, you had, you know, Stefan Lavera and, and uh, you know, Peter McCormick was going and, and uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, Marty Bent and uh, Ben Prentice, there wasn't a lot of information, man. So yeah, you had to, you had to wade through a lot. And I had heard Anders on a, uh, a podcast, uh, Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, what a unique personality. And yeah, when, when you get to reach out, I just DM them because I, I didn't know anyone in my city. All right. I, I'm in a big city, man. There's a million people here. Um, I didn't know one Bitcoiner. So I just DM them like, dude, I, I like everything you said about Bitcoin. Uh, can we talk sometime? And he wrote back immediately, gave me his phone number, like it was any time. So what it turned out to be was after work, um, we would talk for like two hours a day, man, during the week, just talk Bitcoin. And it, it was never um, it was never scripted or anything else. It was always just, I, I had stupid questions. Hell, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know what the hell the having was. Honestly, man, I'm in, I'm in like, I, I bought in December, I'm in February, March, and, and I'm hearing this thing about a having no clue what it was, man. And we just talked and he says, listen, it, this is about after like a year or so of, of talking because I, I used to do some podcast stuff. Let's just do a live, let's do a live stream. We'll just throw it on YouTube. Uh, people can, can jump in and ask questions if they want. And that, and that's how it all started. That's, and that's what we did. Uh, what was great about it was like sort of the feedback, like people coming into the chat room and just, you know, talking, asking questions. But more importantly, and we, we had talked uh, previously about uh, what it means to be an OG here. OK. And when I come in and you have guys like Hoddle and not even American Hoddle, um, you're finding about these guys, you know, Jeff Booth and, and you meet Greg Foss. Every single DM I sent, I said, listen. We got this. We got this uh, little show here. Do you guys mind coming in for an hour, two hours, and and hang out um, on Toxic Happy Hour and have a beer and just talk Bitcoin? Every single one said yes. Every single one. Every single. I we we never had one person say no. Okay, and and I think that's you know Pierre Richard even. You know Pierre Richard comes. He I, I guess he didn't realize just sort of how how new we are <laughs> and were. Um, he shows up on screen and he's got this big green thing behind him, this big green background. And he says, you guys don't do green screen. We said, no, man, <laughs> look at this. I got, a, I got a broken closet door behind me. What, what green screen are you talking about? But the long story short is, man, this is a community. This, this, you know, pleb nation, plebe nation, however you want to announce it. The great thing about it, man, is it grows organically. One follower by one follower. You've, you, you have someone new that you see and you you like. It doesn't matter what your father. Everyone starts somewhere, man. Everyone starts at zero. Um, anyone that's OG here is are usually good people. Anyone that wasn't good people had been run out of town, and we're just here to pay it forward, man. I totally love that story. I was cracking up. That is great stuff. You know, and what it makes me think of. I had a. Uh, it makes me think of. The Bitcoin community, Bitcoiners in general, are are 
in my experience, pretty good people. Every now and then you got somebody who, you know, they'll go off in Twitter spaces or whatever, but there's value to that too, because it keeps everybody, it keeps everybody sharp. There's not a lot of nonsense. There's a lot critical thinkers are attracted to this space big time. And critical thinkers are not afraid of seeking the truth. They're not afraid of arguing over uh, details of some point, which is important because if we all just turn into a gigantic echo chamber, that's a huge problem for Bitcoiners and for, for the community. We need to make sure we're all learning. And I love that attitude, Pablo. Like your, your story is, is hilarious because I find myself in spaces like this surrounded by people who know way more than Bitcoin than I do all the time. And I learn so much from it. I think it's just awesome. You know, it's interesting. One, one of the things they always talk about is, man, avoid echo chambers at all costs. Avoid them at all costs. Um, the one thing I found in the Bitcoin community is actually an echo chamber is exactly what many people need, man. Uh, there are people that are new here. As everyone knows, the amount of FUD out there is incredible. You know, we're boiling oceans. Um, you know, Bitcoin's destroying the world. Uh, it's used by terrorists. Sometimes you need an echo chamber of people that have been here to say, listen, man, you'll be okay. Hang on, you'll be okay. It's sort of like, I don't think guys, yeah, have you ever seen the show, uh, the movie, the, the March of the Penguins? I don't know if anyone remembers that. But it was a documentary about penguins. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but get ready. Yeah, so That's uh, fascinating. So, I saw that yeah, documentary. Yeah, so of course, uh, at the time, to protect the eggs, the group in these harsh winter conditions would get into this big, big circle. Okay, it's mostly the males that would protect the egg, and the ones on the outside, of course, are 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 being beaten down and cold. All right, but guess what? They take turns, man. They take turns, but that that type that to me that's a bit of an echo chamber here, man. These little the noobs come in. Look, they're little eggs. We got to protect them a little bit. All right. So the ones that have been here a while, we've taken our lashes on a bit, but that's you need some that echo chamber sometimes. Sometimes echo chambers are good. Well, it reminds me of that saying, repetition's the mother of all learning, right? I, I talk about that all the time, is, is that we, a lot of times we repeat the same content and some people get bored with that. And it's like, hey man, it's not about you. It's about that new guy who's in here learning, and they're just trying to figure it out. So it's okay. I want to circle back to Tyler real quick. Um, I'm really glad you popped in here, Tyler. Um, and just give you a chance to to share any other thoughts that you've got uh, at the top of the hour. I'm going to make a couple announcements here, and we'll keep rolling. Tyler, uh, anything you want to sort of wrap? Or yeah, no. Uh, really, super appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, just to, for the folks that didn't hear about it earlier, Senator Lamas is about to push out her um, her her big piece of legislation it's uh, over 170 pages and it's gone through a heck of a ringer um so far she's been working on it for over a year um and working hard on it and uh it's it's a lot it really is a lot so um i know there's some folks um in the space currently that have seen the legislation and have done walkthroughs and we're not trying to we're not trying to keep it a, a secret or anything like that uh but senator lamas is very cautious about um you know, making for, for making sure that uh, the bill can move forward with 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 success. So she's working hard with uh, um, some folks across the aisle to make sure that this doesn't turn into a partisan situation. You know that 
that'd be an absolute wreck for the entire scene. Um, if, if it did turn into a partisan thing. Um, so she's making sure that that is the case. Um, and she's working really hard on it. So lots to be proud of there guys that, uh, there's a, you know, I, I know that, that a lot of you guys probably saw it when Senator Lummis said, thank God for Bitcoin on the, uh, on the uh, Senate floor. Uh, that was a pretty cool moment. I was in DC when it happened and uh, was watching her do it. Um, completely unscripted. That's just who Senator Lummis is. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of turned to everybody that's sitting next to me and said, thank God for Senator Lummis. I mean, really at this time, um, as we're moving forward in, uh, in this space and normalizing these assets and normalizing Bitcoin, it is so important uh, that we have a champion like Senator Lummis, uh, you know, fighting the good fight. And she's a liberty hand, right? I mean, she's good on more than just Bitcoin. So uh, exciting times. Uh, so if you ever if you get to see her, um, if you're going to the Bitcoin conference down in Miami, should be in Wyoming, just saying to the uh, folks that set that up, it should be in Wyoming. <laughs> um, I'm biased, though. Um, if you do get to see her, make sure to give her, uh, give her a thanks and shake her hand. She's been working her tail off for you. Alex, I think we lost you, but uh, but that is outstanding, and yeah, we can't wait for uh, all of us to hang out with Cynthia at the conference. Alex, are you back? Alex, back. Wow, <laughs> my man. All right. Twitter is Twitter is awesome. <laughs> Twitter Spaces is awesome. We love you. Um, all right, so just. Uh, Really great stuff and really appreciate what you guys are doing. So everybody down here, if you want to throw Tyler a follow, um, keep track of what these guys are doing. It's it's uh, really cool to see that there's energy going into that kind of stuff. A couple of quick uh, announcements. You're listening to Cafe Bitcoin. This is now a podcast. You can catch it on Spotify. Jacob Pope's in the audience. Throw him a follow. He posts when those things are put up. We've got the Bitcoin 2022 conference coming up. I am going, and a lot of the people in here are going. Would love to connect with you. Uh, if you want to buy a ticket, use uh, promo code SWAN for 10% off. If you want to get a job in Bitcoin, bitcoinerjobs.com is where you want to be. Um, and then also, if you are uh, experienced in high net worth sales, SWAN Bitcoin is hiring for uh, SWAN Private. Shoot me a DM. We want to talk to you. If you know somebody like that, have them get in touch with us as well. All awesome stuff. And then as you can see, Bitcoin Magazine's up here as a co-host. They're going to be collaborating with us moving forward into the future. We're super excited about that. Publord, tell us more crazy stories, man. <laughs> tell us about how everything's shaped up for you over time and like what are your most sort of memorable experiences with the show that you do? What are kind of the most important things that you're seeing play out right now? Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I, I touched upon it earlier of just um, how, um, man, how generous everyone is with their time. That doesn't have to be, uh, you know, the guys like, you know, Jeff Booth, um, even Ray Foss, a lot of, a lot of those guys, it's not, it's not to get paid to be on these shows. It's not like to get paid to do this stuff. Um, but I like, because they're looking to four generations, man, they're looking at their grandchildren, you know, and, and what it's going to mean. So that's one of the things whenever, whenever you're sitting there, um, and you're, you're doing a spaces and you've got like 
I don't know, there's like 40, 50 people talking and boom, they just pop in because of the love of Bitcoin. The love, you can see the passion. They're not driven by the monetary result of it. You know, they, they've already got successful lives. They've, they don't need it, but they do it. Um, that, that's, my, that's one of my biggest takeaways. Um, the other is just how wide reaching uh, Bitcoin is, how it touches every aspect of our lives. So, you know, try to go two to four on weekdays. Sometimes don't get enough and you want to want to do a, a spaces on the weekend, too. You just open one up. You don't need a topic for Bitcoin. The topics, everything just uh, sort of presents itself. All of a sudden you start, someone comes in, has a question about lightning and boom, down, you're, you're down the technology rabbit hole. OK, oh, something happens in macroeconomics. There you are. Bitcoin is tied in. Politics, Bitcoin's tied in. Look, Convoy, you know, you have a GoFundMe page. Gets, gets taken down. All of a sudden, oh, they realize Bitcoin could fix this. So it's amazing how many aspects of the world Bitcoin uh, really touches. And, and that's what it, it turns into an obsession. Like I, someone was talking earlier about, you know, the, the fund manager. It may have been Shane. Um, Fund managers, I can only I only think about Bitcoin. That's all I can do right now, and it's true because you you once you understand it, what it means for humanity, you just can't stop thinking about it. You start applying it and its solutions to every aspect of your life, and and that's what I've I've discovered the most, man. That the and the 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 varied backgrounds of people, you know, the backgrounds of people would help that it helps. Okay, it solves a solution for many in the West that, hell, if you're a millionaire, have a lot of assets, guess what? You now have something that is unconfiscatable. You have something that, unlike your cars and your boats, <laughs> your bank accounts that can be shut down, credit cards turned off, um, Bitcoin will solve that. Then you look at what happens in El Salvador. We have no bank for 70% of the people. Um, we really have no way to, to get around this. Bitcoin solved that. So you go from someone that's a millionaire to someone that makes $100 a month, and Bitcoin solves problems. And uh, man, this, this is just a, a great journey. Um, it, it changes lives in so many, it changes me in so many ways. Uh, and that, yeah, that's, I guess, the best answer I can give you. Yeah, that's awesome. When, um, in terms of content creating, like when you said you and Anders, did you guys meet, uh, like through your passion in Bitcoin? Did you guys meet in spaces? Like, how did you get to know Anders with your co-host? Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, just to rehab, I told the story a bit earlier. Um, I, I had been listening to, it was, he was on, uh, Adam Meister's Bitcoin Meister YouTube. Uh, so he was one of the guests on Friday. He would have three guests and Anders was on there and uh, I was like, man, Everything that I think about Bitcoin, he is nailed. This is exactly my mindset. And um, like after the show, I, I went to his Twitter handle. I just sent him a DM. Said, "Hey man, I'd love to talk to you about Bitcoin sometime." And he and he he wrote back, called me man, and gave me his phone number. And that's how it started. I, I and that was um, man, well over what almost four years ago. And uh, yeah, we just started talking, and we talked. We were talking throughout the week, at least. 10 hours a week, just talking Bitcoin and decided 
to take that content and put on the show. So yeah, it was last year's Bitcoin conference that that I met him for the first time. I had known the guy almost three years, met him for the first time at the conference. You know, I just want to say Pavlord is a <clears throat> is a relatively new guy, you know, about eleven months in, only three months really, you know, focused hundred percent on Bitcoin. I'm also, you know, very encouraged by how, you know, how well Bitcoiners open their arms, right, to people that are new. And um it, it's a great community. Well, you have to remember, man, um, those of us it, it Sometimes those, those first five months were, were sort of hard in a way because you understand what Bitcoin is, that you finally get it. And then you tell all your friends about it. You're, you're just uh, you're, the, you're the crazy guy talking about this greatest thing. And then you watch your purchases go from eighteen to twenty thousand dollars immediately down to four thousand. OK, so that was the hard part of it. But <laughs> guess what, man? It's the OG guys. It's, it's the guys, you know, you know, Friar Haas, you know, buying at twelve hundred, going to two hundred. And where is in the audience? Mandrick, I saw you down there earlier. Mandrick, guys that weathered the storm, man. Those are the guys that paid it forward. They they said, you know, hodl not that Bitcoin Twitter was a was a desert town back then in 2018. But they would reach out to you, man. They say, hey, just listen, do do some research, look at the history of this, look at the cycles, you'll be fine. You didn't want to believe them. You're thinking, man, these people are crazy. Um but all right, so you dollar cost average down, you keep you keep buying down, buying down. And sure enough, man, turns out they were right. So I, I feel like I have an obligation, man. These pe these people didn't know me. They didn't know me from anyone, but they were there to, to help me. So I, I pay that forward all the time. And that's the worst part of it. It's hard because Bitcoin, as we say, man, it's the, it's the, the hardest, easiest thing to do. <laughs> people, what do you do? Just buy it and hold it for two halvings. Just buy and hold it eight years. That's all you got to do. No one wants to do that. I mean, they get they get frustrated, they get bored. They, they see um, another coin jump up in price. But I try to explain, just buy it and hold it. And and when it starts dropping, you just got to reassure them, it'll be all right, man. Buy some. Actually, now's when you got to buy more. What do you mean buy more? Let me explain to Mayor Multiple to you. Right now, this is a great opportunity for you. Keep going. So, yeah, man. I love this space. There's, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. I love it. You know, it's almost like uh, a person's got to go through a, well, maybe a cycle is the wrong word, but at least experiencing a, a, a bull market and then a crash and then another bull market to really see it. That's what, at least that's what it took for me. Like I started buying for the first time back in 2015 but then um i was just dabbling i was just kind of playing around seeing how it worked in 2017 after it went over a thousand i jumped in and like an idiot i sold it near the top and um you know after seeing that and seeing it come back again that's when i really started digging in and realizing holy crap and this thing is not gonna go away why is it still here and that's uh it led me real deep down that down that rabbit hole, which ended up causing me to switch careers. I managed a gold fund for a long time, and uh, I saw between and between two thousand nineteen two thousand twenty the events that were unfolding there. I realized, man, holy crap, we need to uh, we need to change as people. And that's what Bitcoin does. 
changes us, right? Not not necessarily Bitcoin changes the peoples. You know, I was I was watching a portion of a video this weekend from a you know a fairly well known YouTuber, and I'll just say that you know, in part of that video, they're like Bitcoin maxis are only people I've ever met that are Bitcoin maxis are those that have are rich, you know, that got in early. And I'm like, that is just such a poor characterization, you know. And my response was, although yes, there are those that that got in earlier and doing very, very well. You know, some of us that that got in just 10, 11 months ago um, may actually be in the red, but we're still here, a lot of us every day, still contributing to the community, still gleaning from um, all, all the you know, great folks out here, you know, pub lord like you and stuff. And so I, I just was, in a sense, offended that more so that he was so ignorant or, or it was such a poor characterization of, of uh those of us that are Bitcoin only, you know, it's, it's not only about the money, although that's great. It's about the conviction and all the things that we um, love and, and know are good about Bitcoin. Just to jump in real quick. One of the great things about Bitcoin, the friends you make, one of my best on here, my main man, Lawrence. What's up, brother? How you been? Good morning, everybody. As I say, have a good day to so my 14-year-old hopping out the car. Hey, I hopped up, Puppy, because I heard you talking and you're right on the porch talking about uh, Bitcoin was a desert. In 2018, these people would just respond back to you and this, that, and the other. And it brought back to mind for me a memory that the first person to really kind of vouch for me in Bitcoin Twitter spaces was actually you. I had just been jumping into random spaces and kind of listening and not talking much. And then I think you and I together were together in a room. And then from that point forward, you were like, my main man, Lawrence, he always has great takes. We got to get him up here. And you know, every time I hop in to, uh, you know, the toxic happy hour, I am not allowed to sit in the audience. Every time you're like, Lawrence, come on up. So I just felt it was appropriate to say that, yeah, you're definitely paying it forward, brother. Like, you know, the people that did the same thing for you, you did the same thing for me, man. So that, that memory sprang to mind. I felt like it was a, appropriate time for me to share that with everybody so appreciate you brother all love all the time always <laughs> oh, and i did it again didn't i i brought you right i, I called you out no but, you, well, you are consistent if nothing else you are consistent my man and and this is really important um i remember you, you know when, when you i remember at the beginning of the pandemic man i was was really when i started to go hot and heavy into bitcoin twitter okay i had done some before but what I've realized is how it, how you know how quickly things start here is how much great content is out there, and always be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for the guys that have two or three hundred followers. Okay, be on the lookout for the guys that are creating and or the gals. Don't, don't want to go down that road. The the men and women that are creating content is amazing, and it's hard to keep up because if you just start to look at somebody because of a follower count. You're doing it wrong, man. You got to get in, look down. Are they simply just about retweets? Or are they like, are they trying, man? Are they putting out fresh content? Um, so, yeah, man, I met you. I, everything you were saying was absolute fire. I was like, fuck, this guy's awesome. I got, I got, I got to get him up on every every panel. Humble, what's going on? Hey, puppy. So I actually have two things, and I'll, I'll kind of. Um, I go back and let Lawrence what you had said. So, Pubby, you were, I think, the second person that really started inviting me up. And 
I was pretty new. I didn't talk that, you know, I wasn't speaking that much in other spaces, but um, I always felt like, okay, well, I don't really want to come up because I don't have anything to contribute. Everyone knows so much more than me, but you always welcomed me. And um, it was great. It was a great experience. And it's so important to have those individuals that will do that and just have people come up. And I think most of us are that way. Um, And so, yeah, it's awesome. And I do love your spaces because you just never know what you're going to get. And it's awesome. You know, I mean, it's, you get a whole bunch of different groups of people in there and fun will be had. So it's fabulous. Um, so thank you for that. And Shane, I wanted to comment on what you had said too. It's interesting to me that a YouTuber would say something like that. So somebody that actually has somewhat of a understanding, um, of, of Bitcoin and, and crypto, because it seems like that would be more of something like I see that a lot in where I live and um, nobody knows what Bitcoin is out here. It's just, it's crazy. Um, on the radio the other day, they were talking about it and they still have this idea that it's this fictional money that nobody can use. And it's just, you know, something that everybody got rich on many years ago and maybe you can get rich on it again. But um, yeah, it sounds like that YouTuber is uh, spouting some stuff that's uh, a little inaccurate there. Well, you know, humble. I think a lot of um, a lot of people don't understand the conviction of you know Bitcoin only folks or Bitcoin maxis, whatever label you want to use. And it's also true that in this particular case, and and you know, we know of a lot of others when they're pushing altcoins as well. Even if they talk a fair amount about Bitcoin, many of them are incented to do so. You know, they have get all kinds of incentives behind the scenes that we don't see. So. Uh, you know, they and they'll even say, and he did, it's like everybody's here to make money. And I think for most Bitcoiners, although that's a part of it, it's certainly so much more than that, or at least it is for me. It's a journey. It's a journey of learning for me. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a matter of seeking truth. I think people who are truth seekers find their way to Bitcoin. That said, let's switch gears a little bit. We've got Tomer Strolight up here. Good morning, Tomer. I don't know if you're anywhere where you can talk right now. Oh, I I am here. I just have to yank the phone out of my pocket. How are you guys? Doing great. Awesome. I'm switching location. My understanding is you just dropped a new article. How's it going? Well, I'm hoping I'm back here. I, I did just switch locations when you called me and I kind of lost the connection here. Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear oh, you. Okay, Loud great. I, I can hear you too now. Okay, right on. I was just uh, saying that uh, you recently dropped a new article. Yeah, uh, the good folks at uh, Bitcoin Magazine uh, recently <laughs> uh, posted uh, a call for opinion pieces so I, I I tried to be a little bit ironic, and I wrote an opinion piece on why your opinion doesn't matter in Bitcoin. Uh, it's called the Zen of knowing your opinion on Bitcoin doesn't matter. That's really funny. considering you know these spaces. Oftentimes, Twitter uh, Bitcoin spaces in particular can be pretty contentious, right? There's some very strong opinions of people. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the article, like the premise behind that. 
Sure. Uh, maybe, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's shorter to read most of the article than to actually give the premise of it. I try to keep my pieces short. Um, so maybe that's what I'll do. I'll just, I'll just give, um, give the article rather than try to summarize it. Cause like I said, it'll probably take me longer to summarize it than to just read it. If you're okay with that. By all means, man, share what you got. Sure. All right, here it goes. Um, <laughs> Bitcoin doesn't care about your opinion or mine. And neither do the world's leaders. You also may not care about my opinion. You don't need to, but here it is anyways. It's my opinion that the fact that Bitcoin doesn't care about our opinions is a good thing. And it's also my opinion that the fact that the world's leaders don't care about our opinions is not a good thing. How can I declare it good when Bitcoin does one thing and bad when our leaders do the same? This is because of two other very important facts. The first is that the world leaders uh, do care about their own opinions. And so their opinions do matter when ours don't. The second is that although Bitcoin doesn't care about your or my opinion, it also doesn't give a single flying fluff about our world leaders' opinions either. And at the end of the day, that's what makes Bitcoin so awesome. The great dream of democracy was that our opinions mattered, yours and mine. But let's face it, they don't. Seriously, think about it for a second. It's kind of silly to imagine that the world would or should care about your opinion. In fact, it's pretty arrogant. Who are you to have your opinion matter when there are 7.7 .7 billion other people out there with their own opinions? Don't be mad at them. None of their opinions matter either. Not unless they happen to be one of those leaders who gets to make the rules and change them. And there's no one even to blame, including those leaders. It's not like our leaders could actually manage the whole massive economic, industrial, military, agricultural, political complex around your opinion. Never mind anyone else's, even if they wanted to. So all I'm trying to say is don't be upset that your opinion doesn't matter. Accept it. You'll find a lot more peace in that. Think of all the pointless arguments you'd avoid if you kept your opinion to yourself. When we first realize that our opinions don't matter, we can get quite irate. But let's not despair. We have a solution to this problem. And the solution isn't to figure out how to get a few more people's opinions to matter. The solution is, surprisingly, to make sure that nobody's opinion matters. And once again, Bitcoin comes to the rescue to solve a seemingly unsolvable problem with an unimaginably creative fix. It just says, you humans go ahead and have all the opinions you want. I don't want to hear about it. And that's that. That's pretty good. Like a stern and fair parent, Bitcoin is basically laying down the law and telling politicians, central bankers, and economists, stop stealing from your brothers and sisters. I don't want to hear your justifications. And if some economist has a wonderful opinion about how much money should be spent or printed, his opinion doesn't matter to Bitcoin. And if another has, says he's got a better idea for how we should use energy, it doesn't matter to Bitcoin. The leader of some country might be of the opinion that citizens should surrender more of their wealth to him. That doesn't matter to Bitcoin. And a central bank chairman might have the opinion that the cost of borrowing money should double. This does not matter one bit to Bitcoin. In Bitcoin, all those leaders' opinions don't matter either. So now we've got a fair level playing field. We've got rules that apply to us all, rules that don't change. And even though our opinions don't matter, that's okay. No, not just okay, it's great. That's great because nobody else's opinions matter either. So I don't have to worry about what their opinions are. In fact, I don't have to care about the fact that they don't care about my opinions. What a load off my shoulders this whole thing is. I can finally stop worrying about other people's opinions. Sure, I might want to hear their opinions, but it won't be because I'm worried that their opinion might lead to some policy that would hurt me. So I can be chill and reply to it just like the dude in The Big Lebowski did when he said, well, that's just like your opinion, man. That's a piece. I hope that wasn't too long. I don't mean to monopolize. All good, man.
Awesome stuff. Any anything that references the dude is good, man. <laughs> it's like your opinion, man. <laughs> That's it. Just chill out, right? Like we're so we're so sick and tired of getting abused by people whose opinions matter while they ignore our opinions. And as Bitcoin rises, we just don't need to worry about that. Not because we get to impose our opinions on them, but because nobody's opinions matter. The rules are set. They're set in stone, as Satoshi said. And they're not going to change. And nobody's opinion can change that. So it's all cool. There's certainly no shortage of FUD. So we need things like this, I think, you know, to keep people grounded and remind them maybe if they've forgotten why they got into Bitcoin in the first place. So it's, we didn't get into Bitcoin because we, you know, care about uh, other people's opinions necessarily and all that. We got into it because like Alex said, hopefully we did the work, we did the, the research and we, you know, understand what it is. And even hey, if Bitcoin doesn't care about our particular opinions, uh, it still benefits us all and cares about us all in a, in their overall ideology in a, in a way that's changing the world for a better um, a better future. So without even caring about our, our individual opinions, it still has so much benefit to us. It's, uh, it's very cool. Well, that's it. It's like, a it's like a responsible parent, right? It's not whose who's opinion. I want to hear opinions as to who we should exploit today in the family. It's like, nobody's getting exploited. Right, everyone's getting treated fairly. So keep your opinions to your, keep your opinions about who we should exploit to yourselves. Hey, Tomer. Uh, first, appreciate the piece. I think that was really, really awesome. Uh, I think one of the things that that brings to the fore for me is just the fact that we live in a society with celebrities and politicians and all this kind of crap that you know we see and people prop folks up. And I think a piece like the one you just shared kind of more than subtly reminds people that we're all equals around here. You know, not one person matters or not one person's opinion matters more than anyone else. You know, and that's the thing that Bitcoin truly does. It levels the playing field. It brings everybody down to the peer level and says you are all the same and you all will act according to the same set of rules. I love it, brother. I, I love it, too. And I, I love the way that you just highlighted that because it it really is. This is, you know, it's, I, I did the piece somewhat humor with, with some amount of humor or tongue in cheek, but it's actually really serious. And, and it's, and it's serious for that point. Like there are no such thing as Bitcoin influencers, right? Show me someone who claims to be a Bitcoin influencer who changed the protocol, who changed the way that it works. There, there are none. And in, in the end, even Satoshi couldn't change it. Right. So this is the power of actual equality, right? Of actual equal treatment and equal opportunity that Bitcoin gives. And it doesn't matter if some powerful dude um, is trying to change it, right? Elon Musk has said some nice things about Bitcoin. He said some dumb things about Bitcoin. He's suggested that we change it in certain ways. He's the richest man in the world. Bitcoin doesn't care about his opinion. Celebrities, doesn't matter. So, like, it, it really is... Um, it really is kind of serious too, which is which is why it's it's okay to make fun of it too, because <laughs> it's it's important and we can and we can enjoy it and we can chill out and we can laugh about it because nobody can harm us. You know, something that I think about for me, the takeaway is, is that like just stay humble and keep learning, right? There's always somebody who's smarter or knows more. 
And that journey of truth seeking, I think, is the is the key thing. We do affect each other, right? You you have to admit that all throughout nature. I was thinking what what it it made me think about is this this sort of the way swarms behave in nature, where you'll have this gigantic school of fish, and they're all signaling to each other. You can't see it, but they are. And over time, it affects how they all move. Same thing with flocks of birds. Same thing with herds of caribou. Human beings do it too. And this is a behavioral psychology thing. But there are there are people that we do take our cues from, leaders. And most people who are followers and not necessarily super critical thinkers are not necessarily the kind of people who are going to do a ton of research on their own. They will they will follow people who they consider influential or who they consider worth listening to. Like, I think it's important to never forget that part of learning is mentorship. What is mentorship? It's finding people smarter than yourself who know more about a particular thing than yourself and then shutting up and learning. Yeah. And I mean, there's a big, I didn't go into it, but there's a big difference between facts and opinions. And to the extent that I spend a lot of my time offering education about Bitcoin, I'm not really offering my opinion about Bitcoin. I'm trying to offer facts. And facts facts also don't care about your opinion, right? You may be mistaken about some facts, but um, you know, gravity is what it is, no matter what your opinion is about it. And I think that that's a kind of another really important connection, point of connection between uh, between Bitcoin and facts. Bitcoin is a fact. The rules of Bitcoin are a fact. They're not up for change. They're not up for debate. And they're not, and nobody's opinion on them uh, really, really matters at the end of the day. Um, and that's, again, that's not to say that I'm not interested in what somebody else has to say or that the community isn't interested in what somebody has to say. Bitcoiners do solve problems and they do try to direct things in the direction of greater success for the project as a whole and and freedom, which is what really lies at the heart of, of the project. Uh, but but there is this real distinction between what an opinion is and what a fact is, and probably not worth going into in too much detail, but facts don't, you know, facts aren't, facts are different from opinions. Um, and maybe, maybe at some point I'll, I'll uh, take a dive and, and write some kind of article about that, the facts. So I, I just sent out a, a, a DM over to Hot or not, because um, I'd love to have him come in here. You know, he does the Citadel 21 with all the creative content um, that is basically open source, man, open source from Bitcoiners. And what I found amazing is before I found Bitcoin, was I ever going to do a podcast? Was I ever going to become a memer? Was I going to write these articles? No, no. And I, that's what I love when I see Tomer on there. Man, it's... It, the creativity and passion Bitcoin inspires in people is unbelievable. Because look, I'm first-hand proof. I never would have done this stuff, but you, you find this love for it. You understand it. You, you you see what it will do for humanity, and you want to do everything you can, man. That's where that's where the creativity, the creative content comes from, man. Is out of love. It's out of love and wanting to share it with everybody. So I, yeah, I hope he can come in here. Uh, yeah, we'll wait for Halanat, but. Yeah, Tomer, thanks for your articles you do. Oh, it's my pleasure. So much, man. I actually have I have a piece published in Citadel 21. I think it's in last May's edition. 
Um, and it's, it's a it is as you say it's about our love. It's a love story. It's a love story called Satoshi and Me. So if, if uh, people want to Google Satoshi and Me, Citadel Twenty One, and my name, uh, it is it's a it's got a little bit of profanity in it. Um, but it, it really, it's only in the first paragraph of the story. I was just beginning as a writer and I wanted to attract some people's attention. So it's a little bit bold, but, uh, but it's a really lovely story, uh, for people who do want to read it a little sensual, but, um, I won't spoil any more there. And this is a family audience. So maybe we'll just leave it at that. This just might be a, a bit of, um, some Walt Whitman. I don't know if any, any poets out there. Get a poem called Oh Me, Oh Life. This is what I think about. Whenever I think of Bitcoin, I always think of the answer to this poem. The powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. And that's the truth, man. Everyone that's here, I don't care where you're from, what country you're from, how much money you have. It doesn't matter, man. Everyone here in Bitcoin that's decentralized, that is open source, you can contribute a verse, man. I don't care what you do, man. Write articles. Make, make, make a video, right? Do it, make a meme. Yeah. Everyone here, it can make, they can contribute. It's a beautiful thing. It is. I, you know, I have to go, but I, I kind of want to finish on something. Many people here who heard me before hear me say this and, and it, and I want to offset kind of this Bitcoin doesn't care about your opinion attitude, which is, which is to say like Bitcoin doesn't need any one of us, but it benefits from each and every one of us. And I think that corresponds to the statement that you made there. So um, I love Bitcoin. I love Bitcoiners, right? just like everybody else does here. And I uh, look forward to seeing you all in, in some more spaces uh, over, over the course of this week and, and all the weeks to come. Take care, everyone. All right. Before you jump out, Tomer, everybody throw this guy a follow. Tomer is the editor-in-chief for Swan Bitcoin. Uh, if you want to follow his stuff, you can find more about him at where you post all your your archive, Tomer. Uh, TomerStrolight.medium.com is where all my old articles are. There's quite a few on the Swan blog, so swanbitcoin.com slash signal. Uh, I, pub- I began by writing um, a series called Why Bitcoin. All of those articles are individually on medium.com, but you can actually get them all in a PDF at swanbitcoin.com slash whybitcoin. Right? You can just download a PDF of them. And I am making a print version of that book with all those articles reordered and rewritten and retitled uh, that I'm going to be formally announcing uh, within about a week or two, right? which is a project I'm really excited about. And there's also one one other thing that I really enjoy that people watch, which is I, I participate in making a movie called Bitcoin is Generational Wealth, which if you search for that on YouTube, you'll find it. It's on Swan Signals or Swan Bitcoins. Uh, YouTube channel, uh, Bitcoin's Generational Wealth, 15-minute piece. People really enjoy it. And uh, I would love for everyone who hasn't seen it yet to see it and for everyone who has seen it to see it again. Awesome. Thanks, brother. You have an awesome day. You too. Cheers. If you're in the audience, um, I don't know if CK is available to answer any questions or not, but I'm just going to prompt if you're in the audience and you have questions about Bitcoin 2022, shoot me a DM or shoot Bitcoin Magazine a DM. Either way, um, if you want to come up here and ask questions, we can also uh, entertain bringing you up. I have a question yeah, about it real quick, too. I was looking um, at I was looking at all the speakers and I didn't see Jack Dorsey. I'm just curious if he's possibly going to be there, if there's any knowledge of that. 
CK might not be in a position to speak right now. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Corey, you still in Turkey, man? Are you in Turkey? Uh, That was last summer, bro. I only go in the summers. Okay. (laughs) I actually bought my tickets for this summer already, though. Don't ever tell anybody your travel dates, though, because that's when they try to that's when they try to hack your Bitcoin. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> At least whatever paltry amount you have left on exchanges, which should be minimal. Yeah, that's why I leave it on Coinbase. Okay, <laughs> look, I I can't even get it off the exchange. They won't eat, they won't be able to either. Probably, probably. You, honestly, go north. You gotta you gotta check out Quadriga. We got the best custody. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't listen to that. I was just making a joke. I actually only popped up because I wanted to uh, put uh, Tomer's movie in the nest. So I'm going to do that in one second. Awesome. I've got his uh, article that he posted up there as well. You'll also find that. There's that uh, Bitcoin is generational wealth, which was uh, Beautiful movie, some people collaborated on, and that Lewis Liu from uh, Mimesis Capital uh, and Bitcoin Adventures funded it. And uh, yeah, that's that's Tomer. Tomer's a heck of a narrator too, which is a, a nice talent. So you get to get to write it, and you get his uh, silvery tongue slipping over those words in uh, in the movie there. And I, I, I I heard Tomer on on a podcast. We're talking about Bitcoin as a brain. Oh, wait, Jesus. I mean, after 15 minutes, man, my, I, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on. I couldn't think anymore. The, he was going down some, some deep stuff there. Is that that show that he's doing every Thursday night or something like that? No, he, yeah, I think it's – is that the one that he does with on the log on logs thing, the Bitcoin spot? Is that the one you're talking about? No, it's even worse. He was, he was on that evil uh, Bitcoiner show called Peter McCormick. I listened to his oh, podcast. No. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm, I'm now ostracized from the community. I, I listened to McCormick podcast. Um, listen to the show. I'll admit it. Hey, get the knowledge wherever you can, right? I guess you <laughs> take the meat and spit out the dirt or whatever, <laughs> whatever the saying is. And listen, man, you know, I, I love the fact everyone hates Peter McCormick, okay? But they don't put any hate to anyone that ever goes on his show. See the difference? They hate the guy that has, you know, that you know they're listening in secret. They're in their closet, they're listening to all these shows in secret. They'll hate him in public, but guess what? In secret, they're listening. Right now, maybe a few, right? But during the bear markets, most of these are getting like 16 views a uh, video and upload. So, yeah, what's up with that fair weather? Uh, us, those fair weather Bitcoiners, we, we're going to have to work on them, right? <laughs> yeah. And a, a little known fact about the, uh, the shitcoiners like BitBoy, the reason they actually go away in the uh, bear markets is not because their advertisers aren't paying them, it's because they literally can't pay their internet and phone bills. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing. But it's always nice to see those bull markets return. They're able to sell some of those tokens they kept off for hundreds or thousands uh, less than what it was worth when they first shilled them on their network. But, uh, you know, it's I think cell phones, Internet access is a right. Even the shitcoiners deserve so.
it's hard to make fun of them when they're or, or criticize them when they're not very active, right? <laughs> uh, listen, Corey and uh, good guy biker. I just want to warn you: uh, be careful right now because you have a bear in between you on my phone. I'm looking down here. There's a bear in between you. His name is Doctor Jeff. Doctor Jeff, what's going on? What's my cuddly bear? <laughs> Dude, that's quite the intro. Thank you. Hope you all are doing well. Good morning, everybody. I just want you all to know that it pains me as much as anybody, probably more than anybody, considering the flag I get to be bearish on the macro and bearish on short-term price action. Doesn't change the fact even remotely that I'm wildly bullish on Bitcoin over the long run and Bitcoin the network every day. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Apologies. I just call it like I see it uh, from a trading perspective, but most people shouldn't be trading anyways because you'll get wrecked. So don't do it. Oh, now, I'll tell you guys. Now, the crazy thing is, uh, the crazy thing is, Dr. Jeff, with, call it my public school education, but they told me that bears hibernate in the wintertime. I could have swore it's winter. What's going on, brother? I know, right? What's going on? I don't know, man. When it when it, when uh, when stuff comes, it just comes and I, I have to call it like I see it. So. So uh, hopefully gonna, I'll go, I hope you go back in hibernation very soon for what it's worth. I'm, I'm going to jump in here and defend Dr. Jeff. I love Dr. Jeff. I love when he tweets out because I'm getting the dry powder ready, man. We, right, all, man. we all love Dr. Jeff, man. We all love him. And for real, like, so the truth part of this for, for everybody who is serious about Bitcoin in the long run, you want short term price, uh, bad price action, right? You want cheaper Bitcoin. You want to be able to own more uh, sats for your dollar. You want to be able to stack when you're DCAing and get more and more sats. So so ideally, the best the best price behavior is for it to remain low for as long as possible. Now, I don't think it lasts for much longer. I, I think we have maybe a couple more months possibly of bearish price action and maybe less um uh before it starts going back up again but regardless of what it does it's it's fantastic if you're a long-term buyer there's no better opportunity to be buying than when the price is down so everybody should be cheering me man i get so much flack i get people like calling death threats in on me and all that and it's like man just just dca and forget about it you know jeff yeah. that's why i almost feel like a sense of desperation we've talked about this before and alex has as well because yeah i mean this is gonna pop at some point and and never visit these levels again so you know as a somewhat of a noob i'm like you know really loving this time so i can accumulate before it goes to those levels that we all know it's gonna eventually get to i'm i'm laughing at jeff saying guys don't worry don't worry there's not much time left it's only a couple of months what he doesn't tell you is a couple of months in bitcoin time is like 10 years so so get ready for 10 years that's what it's going to feel like. I, I like the one, uh, what's the one uh, meme from the Titanic? The old lady. It's been 84 years. That's what. That's Bitcoin time, man. That is Bitcoin time for you. Damn you, Dr. Jeff. Love More gray hair. When I first got into Bitcoin, they told me that Bitcoin would help you preserve time. I didn't know it worked like that, though, Puppy. Man, and Puppy, to your point, I, I hear you, Large. Puppy, to your point. I've only been bearish publicly since like the first week of January, like since since uh, um, Powell came out and you know, I'm like, oh, crap, he's actually uh, hawkish for real. So so this is this is officially bad. That's based on the data I look at. Literally, it's it's been like three weeks. I feel like it's I've been a bear for like 10 years. Like I, I literally feel like everyone hates me. Everyone thinks I'm just the worst, most bearish, terrible person on the planet. 
and, and it's literally only been three weeks. It's been the longest three weeks of my life. Hopefully, uh, you know, it'll end some at some at some point. I'm actually hoping, by the way, speaking of the Bitcoin conference, you know, Bukele, they're saying he has another massive announcement. I'm hoping to, um, you know, outdo him and have my massive announcement be I'm actually finally flipping bullish. The crowd will just go wild. All this bullish talk, all this talk of triangles, you know, I, I, all I know is anytime someone comes up to me and tells me they're bearish, I say, buy a fucking miner then. You hear these Bitcoin miners? Yeah, it's a physical asset you can hold, you can insure, you can operate in your home, and it makes you more Bitcoin than what you spent on it over time. So uh, I don't know, man, this bear stuff just isn't for me. I don't get it personally. Or the triangles, yeah. you know, price, price means nothing. We got we got the most pristine asset, folks. Come on, right to your well, two points to your point, good guy. Number one, price action is by far the most boring, least interesting part of Bitcoin, right? I mean, if we really realize where this is going and what's happening, it's literally changed the world for the better technology. Yeah, yeah if you just zoom out, it's a straight line going up. But sorry, Jeff, continue. Exactly, it's a, it's just this band, right? It's this it's this channel of up and to the right that will probably go forever, at least for throughout our lifetimes. I think probably forever. And then to your point, number two is I actually tweeted exactly what you said like a week ago. I said, if you're bearish on price action, this is actually a fantastic time to be buying miners. Go buy some ASICs, figure out how to do that. Like there are great times to do different things in Bitcoin. So learn if you want to make money, figure out where the, you know, the price discrepancies are and take advantage of them. And, and lastly, don't quit your day job, right? It's great. Of course, like, you know, Bitcoin only jobs, this stuff is really cool. But if you are worried about the volatility. The best thing you can do is continue to earn income to protect you from that that downside in the meantime. Um, so re-educating yourself, seeking higher higher education is a great thing to do. Uh, maybe finding a new job if, if the one you're w- working with isn't making you happy or allowing you to save some income. Maybe s- sucking back some of that lifestyle, getting a little skinnier with those expenses, or maybe just re-optimizing some of that stuff, uh, consolidating debt. All of these types of things are really beneficial. Um, and should be focused on as well. It's not just about stacking those sats. It's about the overall mentality of saving, right? And and that that long-term perspective. It's that time horizon stuff that really matters. Hey, by the way, for anybody who hasn't listened to it yet, Corey uh, just jumped off the stage, but I wanted to give him kudos. He just did an interview with Jay Gold uh, that was released last week. It is it is literally just a fantastic interview. Corey just be, I know it's just because he's he lives and breathes Bitcoin with with through Swan and, and educating people. Everything he says is it's like a textbook for um, just fantastic information regarding Bitcoin. I would recommend that everybody go back and listen to that interview. You'll learn a ton, like pay attention to it, possibly listen to it twice. Take notes on what he's saying because uh, you'll you'll get a serious education. Uh, So kudos to you, Corey. Thanks for doing that. Jeff, if you got a link, maybe uh, tweet it out and we'll throw it up in the nest. Or if you know how to nest it. Yeah, I'll try to find it. I, I'm putting it up on the that, nest I now. Just, I just saw that over the weekend. And I agree. It's a great, great interview. So one of the things I'll tell you that I like about working with him is that he's got a very powerful signal detector. He's very good at sorting out signal from noise. And I've watched him do it a couple times. And uh, it's it's impressive. Very concise. Who here is going to Bitcoin 2022? I know you are, Jeff. You're a speaker. Anybody else? You guys should go. 
Swan Hill. Yeah, we definitely are. Yeah, man. Listen, and it's something we we've talked about this a few times on its bases. Um, there are a few things in life that will change your perception of many things. Um, Bitcoin has changed your life already. The the people you meet in this community are absolutely amazing. Um, when I was down there last year, man, it, it's a big, it's a bro hug fest for one in general. But guess what, man? You you have done something that is extraordinary. You have done something that no one else expected. You did research. You took your time, your intelligence, your inclination. You learned about Bitcoin. And guess what you did with it, man? You bought it. You bought it. You understood it a bit. Maybe not. But you kept the faith. Even if you didn't understand, guess what you were doing, man? You were moving forward. And when you're walking through the valley of death, those people that you've been there for three or four years, when you meet them for the first time, they're you, man, those are your people. Those are your people that you want to meet and hang out with because everyone else didn't believe in you. They didn't believe in Bitcoin, but you were there, man. You were there in those, those, those down times, man. Going to the Bitcoin conference to me, shit. Meeting people, man, it, 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 these are lifelong friends. You give up your real life friends that you realize all of a sudden they don't get it. They don't get it at all. You realize the Bitcoiners get it. And when you meet those people, man, it's a life changer. And when you meet them in person, it's a beautiful thing. For those of you who are new and you've just joined the space or you're new to Bitcoin, I'm going to give you a little perspective. Like what Publord, I think, is saying, I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm going to paraphrase you, bro. It's not that you just like give up all your old friends and you join the Bitcoin cult. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about dump them, dump them now. They're <laughs> shit. Dump them. No, you're right. You're right, man. Cut it out. Sorry. It's about learning and growing and uh, getting around people that that will teach you and help you grow. That's one of the things that uh, is a kind of a basic principle in life. Is is that if you're hanging around and you're comfortable with your the people that you're kind of surrounded with and uh, you're, they never challenge you and they never kind of force you into comfortable situations mentally that make you grow. Maybe it's time to consider sort of changing that. You know, there's a saying the books you read and the people you hang around with, like who you, who you associate with that that's going to be your future right there. A lot of hey, people. Just, yes, sir. Sorry. I thought you were at the end there. Um, what I was going to say was like, I mean, just think about it, right? When you're at the house and you're just hanging out, all your friends are there, family's there, because you're just kicking it. You're comfortable. But when you go on a journey, everybody don't go with you on a journey. Only those that are that are ready for that that are ready for that path are the ones that you pack up and and uh, you know you have in tow. So yeah, man, when you're on the journey, you ain't gonna be comfortable, and everybody ain't gonna be around you. And some of those friends that you left behind, you may not run back into them again, but that's okay because you're on your way to your destination. Go ahead, Shane. I was just going to say I've discovered that, um, you know, there's some quiet Bitcoiners out there, you know, but yet a lot of opportunities in discussions to even just say a little. And then you find out that people you've known actually for a while are into Bitcoin and all of a sudden you have something new to talk about. So it's actually pretty interesting. I've, I've found that, you know, three or four people that I've been around over the last four or five months had no clue. 
that they were into Bitcoin and they asked me something, you know, don't remember what it was and mentioned it. And, and on now all of a sudden, you know, again, we've got something new to talk about. And I have people now even in my local area. So it's kind of cool. And that's fine, man. You know, we talk about the creativity of things. Uh, people come in, do their own thing. Um, look, there's people that just want to be quiet about it. And that's fine, too. Uh, I think some of the things that, you know, Lawrence was talking about as well, when you when you, meet, you meet the people you want to go on this journey with, man, this vor- it's like a vortex, man, this tornado of talking to each other. And, you know, when, when I had met Anders and we were <clears throat> talking about doing Toxic Happy Hour, it, it always came from a standpoint of plebs sharpens plebs, steel sharpens steel. Our questions... Our questions are always meant to make each other think, make each other think and ask better questions. So you start at this 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 tiny little uh, spot on the ground. Before you know it, man, you've created this tornado of thought and action. And that's everything we always wanted with spaces. And it's, the best spaces are like that. You start, listen, you have you have one host, you have a co-host. Guess what, man? It's everyone that comes afterwards that you, you take one idea and you talk about it. And all of a sudden, everyone that's in there listening, they're better for it. They're better for listening to a space. They, they've, they've come in and then they finally realize they get to a certain level. They can jump into the conversation. And they have, there's some people I know that are smart as hell. And guess what? Our conversation was dumb. Our conversation was dumb until it hit their level. And then all of a sudden, guess what? They had something to say. They jump in like, oh, my God, this conversation is now reaching my floor. You know, it reached my floor. Now I can contribute. And everyone is the better for it, man. Everyone's the wiser for it sometimes. You just got to, it just starts, and it starts at a small point. But, man, it will grow like wildfire. Yeah, that's really good insight. I think that that's true as well. It's like you be in spaces with people and see that they're mostly just listening. Then all of a sudden they start contributing and it's like, wow, you know, we just got a new valuable resource in this community. (laughs) Dr. Jeff dropped off. Uh, I sent you a re-invite to come back up if uh, you got disconnected, but uh, my understanding is that uh, Jeff was also recently interviewed on the Jay Gould show. So if you're paying attention to that, watch for that one to drop. It's probably going to be pretty damn good. Looking forward to it. You see, they got 16 terabyte hard drives now, guys. Man, I'm going to collapse all my old external drives into one puppy right now. You son of a bitch. You're going to drag me out to, to tell you how old I am and what technology was like back in the day. I own a Commodore 64. Commodore 64, 64 representing 64K of RAM. I actually hooked up my Commodore to a dude in California, and we played over, uh, like, I think it had to be, like, 28 kilobyte internet connection, uh, two-player mode. It was pretty cool. Atari 800, baby. Atari 800. I had a a TRS-80 and tried to write a Pac-Man game on it. Wrote so many games in QBasic. Oh man, I miss that. Here's how bad the, I was going to say, here's how bad the technology was. 
uh, yeah, some of the Atari, we, you would do Pitfall. You were you were the adventurer, sort of a la Indiana Jones that would jump um, one crocodile head to the other. Uh, but in television was where it's at. But they could only do, you had like five players on the field. You had three linemen, a wide receiver, and a quarterback. And it was so bad that to they didn't have 3D technology. So basically, as long as you stood between the receiver and that white block pretending to be a football going down the field, as long as you put your body between that white block and the receiver, automatic interception. I mean, Pub, I don't want to break it to you, but it, it actually works that way in real life, too. I can hear the glass uh, G- Game Genesis was so far ahead of its time outside of how many goddamn batteries that thing ate up. Game Gear. Are the Game Genies, you guys remember that stuff? Game Genie, there you go. Where you get yeah, all yeah. the hacks and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had that. That was like my intro to hacking back then. You Who guys realize... To- oh, right. You guys realize there's a whole host of people that grew up as digital natives that have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about, right? We nope. are we are aging ourselves big time. <laughs> did y'all yeah. used to get hold up? Did y'all used to get y'all cheat codes out of Nintendo Power magazine though? Oh yes. I got featured in that puppy in '96 for screwing with Nintendo stuff. Cool magazine. It was the best. In seventh grade, we had a Dungeons and Dragons uh, club you could join. Um, like, literally, I, I remember taking um, a 20-sided die to find out what type of armor I would earn. Oh, yeah. I remember that video game, puppy. No, no, no. no, no. Today, though. I'm no, kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm that's, kidding. That's not even a video game, dude. That was a role action. Play. I mean, literal dice. There was no video uh, no, back I, then. I, bro, I, pl- I, played, I played that with my stepdad. I know what you're talking about. Nerd. Wait, are you guys in the sewers right now, too? Because, of course, all the best Dungeons and Dragons games are played deep in the sewers. Oh, I thought she was going to be down there eating pizza yeah. with, you know, Rafael always, and Donatello. I've always wondered that, man. Why do why do dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons games... Always end up in some sewer. Yeah, that's the that's the FUD, right? That's FUD before Bitcoin existed. It was Dungeons and Dragon FUD. All your kids are gonna this, be playing wizards in the sewers. No, this yeah, this no. is the what this is the what, man. World Economic Forum. They're, they're trying to prepare you for the future. You will live in a sewer, you will eat bugs, and you will like it. They started that shit back in the eighties, man. Don't let them tell you any different. This is where it started. I mean they're preparing the, you for a bad future. Dungeons and Dragons players are kind of like the witches they used to burn that would just sit on the hill and be happy, like meditate all day and not shovel shit for the king. Um, so I, it's kind of the same thing. Making your own reality, your own economy, your own system. Can't have that. All right, fellas. We're about getting time to wrap. If there's any final comments, these last 15 minutes have been Bitcoin content freaking gold for our premiere show with Bitcoin Magazine. I love you guys. This has been outstanding. You don't have enough Bitcoin to force your will on the world around you. So get more and thank me later. 
I do want to give a shout out to the YouTube channel on Swan Bitcoin. Uh, head over there, uh, Swan Signal Live, a great show. We have one Wednesday, but we do uh, daily content, daily videos of Swan Daily. So the latest one was the Jay Gould video about Bitcoin standard deflation and Plan Swan. So he kind of talks about the Plan B thing. Corey Clipson, it was fantastic. So go over there and uh, check those out. If you're going to the um, Bitcoin mining conference coming up in Round Rock, Texas next week, come uh, look me and Jacob up. We'll both be there. You might find yourself in a live show if you do that. Exactly. Become famous. <laughs> come go to the Bitcoin or Jobs booth if you're at the mining conference. That's where we will be hanging out. And, uh, and yeah, we'll have a fun microphone you can use but other than that it's not much difference so but uh but yeah pub lord closing thoughts yeah man um let me tell you something but look look to the not only the stage but all the listeners everyone here that has ever uh jumped on spaces with me man bitcoin's about the people it's about the people here everyone here is so brilliant so passionate so beautiful that's what I'm here for, man. That's why that's why I'm back here every day. Hell, this is why in two hours we're gonna probably do another toxic happy hour spaces, man. You can't get enough of it. You just wanna it's not so much you're sharing Bitcoin, you just wanna hang out with each other, man. We're just hanging out with each other, having a good time, man. It's all about the love. So yeah, thanks for having me up. Um man, I'll come anytime I I can I can get a chance between ten and noon to to jump in here. You're damn right. I'll be I'll be jumping in. No, but yeah. Thanks to you. Thanks to uh, Swan Bitcoin. Thanks to Bitcoin Magazine. Um, we're we're looking to have uh, CK Snarks and uh, P jump in there because we want to find out more what's going on. But no, thanks for thanks for just having me, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome, brother. Thanks for being here. And I couldn't have said it any better. I totally agree. It's about the love, right? It's an amazing thing. I've had a lot of people actually DM me about that. Like, we'll be running a space, and after the space, they're like, man, the energy's really good. Like, you can feel it. You can feel the love. So, if that's a little too cosmic for you, I'm sorry. Grow up spiritually, I guess. I'm just kidding. Hey, man, there's two things that are true about that. First off, Bitcoin is going to a million. And second, it is about the community. And because of that, we're all getting girlfriends, guys. We're all getting girlfriends, every single one of you. Just keep buying more Bitcoin. Y'all are getting girlfriends. Okay, nerd. Jeez. Just don't tell my wife, man. I'm 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 straight. Right. She, she's getting uh, one too. Your wife's getting a girlfriend too. Yeah, everyone's getting one. <laughs> your wife is getting uh, married. She's getting married, man. What? Married and a girlfriend. So far. I don't know if I like how this is working out for me. I quit. Lawrence, it's going to be a duty. You're going to have so much Bitcoin. You're going to have to take care of so many people's families. It's inevitable. Jacob, we got some cool shows coming up this week. Ramble them off. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow, I got to look at the schedule, but uh, I'm sorry. Greg Hold on. Foss. Oh, no. Tomorrow's, Greg, yeah, tomorrow's the Foss Daddy. Daddy. That's right. So we got. I'm, I'm crashing that bitch. I'm you're coming in. You're going to hang Foss, out. Man. 
You got to. Well, I can't do the whole time, but I'm crashing Greg Foss. Anytime, yeah, anytime you got. I, I see uh, Greg Foss on the Toxic Happy Hour, and you guys kill it. Um, then we have Ansel Linder, Linder uh, who is a Bitcoin Magazine contributor. Very excited to hear from him. Uh, he's released a few articles this week. And then we got Brady Swenson, Svensson with him uh, from uh, Swan Signal Live and Swan Bitcoin. That's going to be a killer episode. Steve Barber on Thursday. So Steve is from the Black Box Mining uh, thing. Uh, so we're going to hear about that here about the mining and get pretty pumped for next week and then we're going to end the week with ck from bitcoin magazine so any of those questions you got about the conference what's going on in content land that's going to be an incredible episode so just this week's killer and then you know just throwing us out there we never know who's going to join so like this morning we had that politician uh, i want to say thank you to him uh for hanging out and uh yeah every episode is just great so thank you guys for hanging out uh loved it and pub you said uh zk was coming on your uh zk snarks was coming on later because I don't know if people are familiar, but the the ZK Snarks and the rollups is as part of the space uh, a, a protocol. It's going to change so many aspects of what goes on in the internet. Uh, it's it's so cool. So it, it, yeah, if he's going to be there, I'm definitely going to be listening. All right. So that's pretty much a wrap. You've been listening to Cafe Bitcoin. This is also a podcast on Spotify, so if you miss the show, you want to catch it later, you can subscribe to us on Spotify. If you want to get a discount for Bitcoin 2022, use promo code SWAN for 10% off. If you want a job in Bitcoin, bitcoinerjobs.com. I work with SWAN. My name is Alex Danzig, and I'm your host today, Managing Director with SWAN Private. If you have questions about SWAN or questions about Bitcoin, I am happy to help you personally. Shoot me DM, and uh, I'll, I'll hook you up. Thank you to everybody for being here. Thanks to my co-hosts, Bitcoin Magazine and Swan Bitcoin. You guys are awesome. I want to thank all the speakers. Also, by the way, my other co-hosts who've been super loyal and always hung out, Aunt Shane, you guys are awesome, man. Couldn't do the show without you guys. Thanks to all the speakers who regularly come up, spend their personal time to share their wisdom and knowledge about Bitcoin. Man, it's so valuable. I have learned so much for you from you guys. And to everybody in the room, if you're brand new, you're welcome. We'll be kind. Come and ask questions. Come and learn. This is for you guys. We want this to be for you. And so for those of you who are around a little bit, you understand what the mission is. And when I say on the mission, what that means is we're all we're all on a mission to help people understand what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin might be the best path that we've ever seen forward for freedom, for humanity. And so, yeah, get on the mission. Love all of you guys. Everybody have a great day. Go out there and crush it. Bye, everybody.